put this up at five tables in a row and just let it orient the table. Wowzer. All right, guys, welcome to the Off the Bench podcast. My name is Frank Euphemia. Apologize, we are having some issues in the studio. Our main guy is out with COVID, so hope he feels better. That being said, it's a great Wednesday. Last week kicked off our first series of... um business opportunity meetings. <clears throat> and what I'm thinking is, you know, it's, it's, it, we can really organically double if we just focus on um, driving people to these events, sharing the opportunity, helping them get moving, answering the phones, answering questions, doing what we need to do to, to allow people to, to win. Cause I was looking at some numbers yesterday and I'd say probably three to four years ago, maybe even two years ago, less than two years ago, um, the average premium per agent across the board was seven to eight thousand a month. Now, if you were running this more of a throw people against the wall and see what sticks as opposed to actually interview people, recruit the ones that actually want to sell life insurance, want to help people, want to serve, want to work, want to grind, want to make phone calls, want to get told no sometimes, but also get told yes, your number would be a little bit higher. But as a company average, you could take between seven and eight per agent. That, in, that, in, that includes full-time, part-time, Spare time, some time, that includes everybody. But the numbers I were look, was looking at yesterday were a fraction of that for a couple of the, couple of the groups that I look at numbers for. <clears throat> I'm talking like a fraction. And what that tells me is, is a couple of things. It tells me, one, that people aren't necessarily plugging in to the tools and the resources that are needed um, to be successful. We have tons of things that we've put together over the last eight years to try and make this easier, if you will, in the sense of where to go to get the information. <clears throat> Not easier in the sense of your, your results and success, because that's not going to come easy. Like if, if folks understood, you know, people always see where you are now and they tend to forget where you came from. And sometimes people in general go from point A to point B 
and they forgot how they got to point B and their attitude changes. For us, it was one of those things that we didn't, I wouldn't trade any of the struggles we went through building this business for anything because what it did, it, it gave us an idea of how to deal with certain things, how to deal with adversity, how to put your head down and grind, how to not have so much emotion. It taught me so many life lessons and business lessons that I don't know if necessarily you can be taught unless you go through it yourself. It's like, you, you know, the old, you can't teach somebody to ride a bike by just going, all right, so you straddle the bike and, you know, when you're ready, you put your foot on the pedal and you start pedaling. I don't know. I can't really explain it. You just you get on the bike and you go. But you didn't learn by reading a book. You didn't learn by watching a video. You learned by absolutely getting on the bike and riding. And that's this industry. So I think the more we, I think the more we try and simplify this from a, from a, a perspective of not having to go through crap to get to a, a good place, I think the more damage we do. What I mean by that is, you take. You know, you take you take Ryan Urbanski. Ryan came in the gate and he killed it. Like kind of blew my mind because you know, very few people come in to this industry and just blow it out of the water. Now, does it happen? Yeah, there are some people that do it. Um Eric Schmidt did it, Matt Smith did it, um Ryan Urbanski did it. Millie did. There's a bunch of people that have done that, but the majority of us had to get kicked around a little bit, learn the ropes, learn to be consistent with the activity, learn to buy leads every week, learn to get told no, learn to get go to the phones, learn to not get no showed, learn to learn how to present products, learn how to find a problem in the home, learn how to overcome objections. A lot of us had to deal with that stuff before we got to a place where it was pretty consistent, right? Now, when we weren't good and it wasn't consistent, what we had to do was over commit to activity. So if I'm not really good, if let's take who's one of the great, let's take Reiner, <clears throat> let's take Reiner Bansky and say he does in 20 appointments, helps 10 families, might take you 40 or might take you 45 or 50. Whatever that is, it is. And that's the part, that's the ingredient that we can't, we can't just magically give you. And so I think, you know, when we, when we look at what these business opportunity meetings are doing for the company and what we're trying to get back to, to me, it starts with that. When we look at the numbers, why two years ago, the average premium or the average family helped in a month was seven or eight. And now it's, two or maybe three if you're lucky you go where's the disconnect well the disconnect is all the things we used to do like answering the phones all the time utilizing the resources we have taking time to speak to people explain to them what they need to look out for what a schedule should look like what a good lead flow looks like now people are always kind of trying to find the shortcut. You're not going to change that. 
we're all guilty of it. We all go, is there a way we could get there faster? I'd like to tell you yes, but to be honest with you, I don't really know. Not a way that's extremely duplicatable. The only way I know how to get there is to produce at a really high level, help 30 to 40 families a month, pay my personal bills, whatever was left over, invest back into the business through staff, recruiters, social media marketers, and then be available. The biggest complaint I get, <clears throat> and we get a lot. I'm not, not, I don't want to say we get a lot. That, that's, that's off. When I get them, the most complaint, the, the most common complaint I get is that the person that hired me doesn't answer the phone. Bar none, it's the number one issue is communication. And to me, that's just a lack of effort. And so I think all of those years of us getting beat up, and we didn't get beat up consistently for two, three years in the beginning of this industry. We were just at a company that didn't really have the, the system in place to allow us to win fast. The system was in place to allow the people that were already at the top to stay at the top and keep making more money. It wasn't set up to bring people in to make, to make money. It, was, it wasn't set up for, for you to bring people in for them to make money. It was set up for you to bring people in and you make money off of them. And that didn't work. Now, again, I ain't mad at it because I met Sean through that company. Changed my life forever. Changed my family's life wife, kids, couldn't be happier. Like, have no ill will against that company. Why? Because without them, I wouldn't be here. Like, there's a good in everything. But we, we, we didn't struggle in the sense of we couldn't sell or we couldn't set appointments. We struggled in the sense that we were doing what we were tr supposed to do to an extent. It's just the money wasn't coming in enough. There wasn't enough money coming in because the commissions were so low the fees for everything were so high and and there were so many that we 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 just had to keep grinding there was no pick your head up and take a break like i've talked to agents that have been here for a year two years three years like man i'm just tired i'm like what are you what first of all you're you're 15 20 years younger than i am second of all what does that even mean like you i look at folks that are in in like the trade industry and watch I remember because I was in it I was a, in plumbing mechanical work we used to do commercial buildings high schools hospitals colleges big buildings and the guys that ran those jobs most of them were a bit older and while I was at that company one of them retired the guy was about to be 70 so he had been in the construction field for 50 years almost up every morning early at the job site physical labor now he wasn't so much physical labor anymore but it didn't end you know in two years he didn't get from going to a job site and then running a job site in two to three years. That takes time. But let's just say there's a bunch of folks that I would see on these sites that were 
in their 50s and their 60s and they're still out there humping wood humping pipe humping wire cables bricks mortar shingles roofing tar steel beam whatever it is they're out there physically busting their butt to bring a paycheck home and their deal is i'm going to work at this company i'm going to put money away and hopefully when i retire i have enough between my 401k and my social security to just live And then we have agents here that have the ability to, to, to really impact their family's lives after a year, two years, three years ago, man, I'm just exhausted. I'm tired. And I, and I, I don't know how to respond to that politely. Cause I really want to go like, dude, that's just weird. Knock it off. You're pretty weak. You should quit. Because first of all, if that was the case, let's just say you get there in two years. Start today, two years, integrity partner, yada, yada, yada. Are you going to just disappear? I mean, my thought process, Jamie's thought process is to, as soon as we get here, how many people can we help get to where we're at? Now, I don't know if that's just the way we were raised. I don't know if it's what we've gone through to give us a different perspective. I don't know if that's just what's in our hearts or on our hearts. I don't know. But to me, leaving or walking or stopping or slowing up after you've gotten there is, is a sign to me of selfishness. And then thinking about stopping, slowing up, giving up after a couple of years is a sign of weakness. And we don't have weak people here. And if you're weak, we're going to train you to be strong. If you're selfish, we're going to train you to be selfless because that's what helps people grow. There's enough, there's enough great people here already that are highly under, underutilized. It blows my mind. I was talking to Mike earlier and I'm going like, Mike and I have been together now eight years, seven years, you know, there was a period of time where, he, you know, he went to another company, came back, <clears throat> but I was saying to him, like, there's not, I can't, there's nothing else I can really tell you. Like we've gone over every situation pretty much possible. I've answered every question you have. There's not much more I have to say to you from a mentoring standpoint where you're at right now. Now, as you grow, as things come up, we all grow. Yes, things, you know, there's different scenarios and situations, but as far as building this business goes, you know everything you need to know. You've, you've heard it all from me, from Sean, whoever. Now, I might have said everything to you, but you might not have heard everything I've said to you. Meaning, when you hear the same voice over and over and over again, sometimes you tend to tune it out, not intentionally, not in a rude way, you just aren't hearing it. But then when another voice comes in that changes their inflections and maybe their tone is a little lower, a little higher, it pierces that wall and you hear it and you go, wow, I never thought about that. Now, a lot of folks, like the company I worked for, this is funny. So I met Sean at the last company I worked for. I saw him speaking and I said, I like his, I, I like that. Like that just... That's what I'm used to. It's more of my speed. It's more of my style. 
I can relate to that. I can hear you. I hear what you're saying. I'm listening, but I hear it. So I started talking to Sean. Now, the guy that hired me had such a little, such such low self-esteem, and his ego was so big that he couldn't stand it. He couldn't stand the thought of me getting information from Sean that could help me feed my family and become financially more secure. He couldn't stand the thought of him not getting the credit for that. And it blew my mind. And here's what's even crazy. He wasn't bashful about it. Like he called Jamie one day and said something like, you better tell Frank to stop chasing Sean, Sean around. And I said, so, you know, my appropriate response is, you ever speak to my wife again, you and I are going to have an issue. You got something to say, say it to me. But I laughed and go, what a weak individual. I feel bad for you. Your self-esteem is so low that you need credit for my success. That's the only reason you wouldn't want me to talk to Sean. Sean's not getting paid to help me. Sean ain't making any extra money to answer the phone when I call, to allow me to go around on some of the trips we went to, to shack up in a room with it was Sean, me, Dom, and another dude. Like that was, he did that because he wanted to genuinely serve and help me. So when Sean made the decision to leave, I was in before it even was a question. Why? Because he was willing to help me when he had nothing to gain. So there are so many people that have information out here. So what I said to Mike is, Mike's starting to talk to John Wetmore. I said, I'm so fired up about that because, first of all, John is extremely knowledgeable about this business. He's one of the, the best at explaining it. He's got a very analytical mind. He was, a, he was an accountant, so he, he works that way. Mike has a similar mindset and it's just a different voice. Like I love Sean. Sean is my guy, like forever changed our lives. But I said to Mike, the biggest mistake I think I made was Sean was the only one I talked to. Now, not that Sean doesn't know everything there is to know about this business. Now, nobody knows everything, but he knows as much as he needs to know to help me. But the challenge with that is I was just listening to him. And sometimes him talking, I'm tuning out because I'm so used to hearing it. I'm not hearing him. So if I was smart, if I could go back, I would talk to Kilman every week, Wetmore and Mark Mead, and Matt Smith and Andrew and Paul. And I would talk to these guys weekly to hear some things from out of their mind, out of their mouths, from their perspective that probably line up with what Sean's been telling me but I may hear it a little bit different. It's the biggest mistake we made, but we don't have to make it. Y'all don't have to make it. So my, my advice to you is to start utilizing some of these people out there that are willing to help, that are willing to take time and, and share with you. Find the business opportunity meeting schedule. And if you see somebody on there that you really relate to, if you hear somebody speak, you go, that's my style. I like that. Then go, go get around them. If they're a board member, if they're executive vice president, get around them, ask them some questions or just listen. I prefer asking questions. And then point your people to do the same thing. The craziest thing I've ever heard, and I've heard it twice, 
it's not crazy. It shouldn't, it's not surprising, but I've heard it twice from agents and they go, I was told I couldn't reach out to you. And I said, what now is that true or not? I don't know. Cause I say it on every call. I say it on every podcast. I've said it on every at, from stage. Please. If you need my help, reach out to me. My number is four, four, three, seven, nine, zero, nine, three, four, one. Reach out to me if you need help. So either A, the person doesn't even know where our training is. And that's true. And the agent that hired them is so afraid that they're not going to get credit for. So I don't know really why you would ever say that. They're so afraid they're not going to get the credit for it. Or they just don't much care about the success of that agent. Either way, it's wrong. And if the agent knows that the training's going on, then again, it's the, then the agent that hired them is not validating the stuff that we have in place. Like we have a call on Monday, the higher level, we get people on here that are winning and we go, what are you doing? Can you share it? We have this call people that are weren't winning. Now are winning. We're trying to change some stuff up, but Mike does a call on Mondays at six. It's a training call. Kali does one on Saturday. It's a training call. If I would be on everything, if I'm not working now, the good news is some, a lot of this stuff, like our podcasts are on, on, on YouTube. So if you missed it at noon, cause you had an appointment, you can watch it later on. Mike's is on zoom. The information's on our site. We can, it's, it's, everything is readily there and accessible as a recruiter, as a manager, as an up and coming leader in this company, if you want to grow fast, you have to use the tools that are in place and you have to be okay with people learning from other people. You don't have to be the master of all. It's very easy to go, you know what? That's not my deal. But if you go talk to, that's not my deal. If you go talk to Jamie, go talk to Mike, if you go talk to Matt Smith. If you go talk to ask a specialist, they can definitely help you. They're better at it than I am. You know what that does? It does a lot. A, it takes time. It gives you time back because you're not, you're not, you don't have to be all things to all people. Number two, it allows them to see that you don't think you know it all and your ego is not that big. And number three, it allows them to see that you really truly care about them winning because you're, you're willing to give up or risk not looking like you're the man to give them the information they need. And to me, it's why we're, Back to the beginning, it's why the numbers per agent per month average is down because of that. There's so many different things that are out now, and it's hard to monitor it all. Back in the day, five years ago, you could ask Mark Mead, Matt Smith, uh, Andrew, Paul, Mike Killamit, John Wetmore, myself, um, any of the top producers, you could ask us, any question about leads, schedule, phone script, and the answers are going to be about the same minus maybe a, a smidgen different here or there, like a Saturday or Sunday or both, whatever. But the general information will be the same. And that's why we grew so fast. Now, there's so many things going on and there's so many, like I get answers. People go, they'll ask me a question. I'll go, I'll go, where did you hear that? And they said, I heard it on a podcast. I go, that's crazy. But it is what it is. That's the downside to having everything public 
is everything's public. For you, I wouldn't listen to anything from anybody that isn't killing it, meaning platinum producer, Hall of Fame producer, Hall of Fame agency, integrity partner, board member, senior sales manager, or executive vice president, I'm sorry, 500 families a month and above from a team standpoint, and 500 families and above, and you've been here less than two years, three years. Like somebody's been here for four or five years that's at 500 families a month, not doing much at all. And then production side, platinum, 30, 40 families a month and above Hall of Fame producers. That's who you want to get your information from because you know their information is accurate because the results are there to prove it. So guys, I hope this helps. Let's keep pushing these business opportunity meetings. We're having one tomorrow night at the Bel Air office, 4B North Avenue, Suite 310, Bel Air, Maryland, 21014. Uh, I'll be hosting that meeting tomorrow. Then next Thursday, Mike File will be hosting the meeting at the Bel Air, Bel Air office as well. Um, but this thing is, this is going to take us back and, and we're doing a train. So we're doing a, a business overview. So if you know anybody that might be interested in picking up, you know, a contract with us and, and even trying this thing part-time, or, you know, somebody that's got an insurance license with another company and you want them to check out our opportunity, send them to the office. We're here. And then just let us know, make sure they know to tell us you sent them or ha- call me and let me know who's coming. We'll make sure that they're taken care of. Right. And then after we do the business opportunity meeting, we're, we're doing a little training and we're getting back to the basics and the basics are leads, schedule, phone script, leads, schedule, phone script, three most important things we do. And you have to be fanatical about the consistency of it. And if you do that, your production will soar and then you can recruit and you can show people exactly what you do. There's so many different things that are people doing. They can't duplicate it because it's not duplicatable. What is duplicatable is hard work, consistency on the phone, and a damn good schedule. So hope this helps, guys. Please like, comment, subscribe to our page, share it. We appreciate you hopping on. Until next time, make it a big week. See y'all.